Hello from sunny Portugal. I'm here for a couple of weeks and then afterwards I'm on to Dubai and India. And then last but not least, back in beautiful Singapore. Yes, it may be a summer break for many of us, but we're still committed to doing those daily videos that will help everyone understand the sometimes complex world of cross-border transactions as we and our team of tax advisors seek to demystify that's sometimes confusing. Well, my name is Darren Joseph. Please visit uh, hg.tax. We have over 1,000 videos, over 2,000 articles on completely free of charge on cross-border tax issues. Now, there's a special relationship between the U.S. and the U.K. And that much is pretty obvious, right? There are lots of Brits in the U.S. or mm, perhaps more accurate to say there are lots of people who once worked in the UK now residing in the US. Similarly, there are lots of Americans in Britain, although again, more accurately, there are many people who once worked in the US now residing in Britain. So cross-border tax planning and compliance when it comes to both of those jurisdictions is something that many practitioners would encounter on a regular basis. Today, I want to talk about those residing in the US with UK pensions. Now, UK law recognizes both defined benefit as well as defined contribution pension plans. Most UK-based defined benefit plans are funded entirely by the sponsoring employer, but some also allow employee contributions. Let's talk about the income, the US tax implications of that. So the Inland Revenue Code obviously applies to US citizens or residents of the US. So the, the term resident of the United States for this purpose includes local permanent residents or otherwise known as green card holders, as well as individuals who satisfy the substantial presence test of section 7701b3. A distribution for a UK-based defined contribution pension plan to a UK citizen living in the US is not subject to U.S. income tax to the extent that it represents gross income realized by the individual in a year before he or she became a U.S. citizen or resident, i.e. before they became a U.S. taxpayer. This is because the individual is a cash basis taxpayer. Typically, an individual is a cash basis taxpayer. And he or she realizes the distributed funds as gross income. So they realize the distributed funds as gross income in a year before he or she becomes a U.S. person for income tax purposes. A withdrawal from an account without more is not gross income. An interest in a defined benefit pension plan is not an account, but a legal or contractual right to receive a monthly benefit under the governing statute or plan document. It's a contract. A benefit received by U.S taxpayer from a UK-based defined benefit pension plan looks like current gross income, even if the participant's interest in the plan was funded entirely by contributions made by the participant before becoming a U.S. taxpayer. So to understand this, to understand the tax treatment of this, we need to look at the trust grant or trust rules. So the grant or trust rules of section 671 to 679 outline circumstances in which the person who creates a, a, tr a trust and funds it, i.e. the grantor, is treated as the owner of the trust property for federal income tax purposes. 
the owner of property realizes gross income from that property for federal income tax purposes. For example, section 673 treats the grantor as the owner of any portion of a trust in which he retains a reversionary interest in trust corpus or income. Section 674 treats the grantor as the owner of any portion of a trust for which the beneficial enjoyment of the corpus or income therefrom is subject to a power of disposition exercisable by the grantor. Section 677A treats the grantor as the owner of any portion of a trust whose income may be distributed to the grantor or the grantor's spouse or held or accumulated for future distribution to the grantor or the grantor's spouse. Section 678A1 provides that a person other than the grantor is treated as the owner of any portion of a trust for which the person has a power exercisable solely by himself to vest the corpus or the income therefrom in himself. Thus, when a trust is funded entirely by an employer for the benefit of the employee, the grantor trust rules treat the employee as the owner of the trust only from and after the time he or she can begin making withdrawals from the trust. A UK-based defined contribution plans governing document determines when a participant may begin receiving distributions from the plan. A governing document may provide that the participants may begin receiving distributions as early as age 55. Section 679A provides that a US person who directly or indirectly transfers property to a foreign trust is treated as the owner for his tax year of the portion of the trust attributable to such property if for that year there is a U.S. beneficiary of any portion of the trust. Section 679A4A provides that if a non-resident alien individual has a residency starting date that is within five years after directly and directly transferring property to a foreign trust, then Section 679 and 604A shall be applied if the transfer occurred on that uh, on the individual's residency starting date. So beware of that five-year look-back rule. If a U.S. person realizes gross income from the property held in a U.K.-based defined contribution pension plan, that person would be required to currently recognize such income uh, on a U.S. income tax return. But for supervening provisions of the 2001 UK-US Income Tax Treaty, Treaty Article 4, Paragraph 1 provides in part, except as provided in Paragraphs 2 and 3 of this article, the term resident of a contracting state means, for the purposes of this convention, any person who under the laws of that, that state is liable to tax therein by reason of his domicile, residence, citizenship, place of management, place of incorporation, or other criterion, of a similar nature. So a UK citizen residing in the US is a resident of both contracting states for purposes of Article 4, Paragraph 1. Treaty Article 4, Paragraph 4 breaks this tie. Where by reason of the provisions of Paragraph 1 of this article, an individual is a resident of both contracting states, then a status shall be determined as follows. A. He shall be deemed to be a resident only of the state in which he has a permanent home available to him. If he has a permanent home available to him in both states, he shall be deemed to be a resident of or only of the state with which his personal economic relations are closer, i.e. center of vital interest, right? So we're talking about tiebreaker rules to be dealt. So that was A. So B, if the state in which he has his center of vital interest cannot be determined, or if he does not have a permanent home available to him, 
in either state, he shall be deemed to be a resident only of the state in which he has a habitual abode. C. If he has a habitual abode in both states or in neither of them, he shall be deemed to be a resident only of the state in which he is a national. If he's a national of both states or of neither of them, the competent authorities of the contracting state shall endeavor to settle a question by mutual agreement. The treaty defines a national of the United States as a U.S. citizen. The treaty defines the national of the United Kingdom as any British citizen or any British subject not possessing citizenship of any other Commonwealth country or territory, provided that individual has the right of abode in the United Kingdom. Every income tax treaty has a saving clause, providing that, notwithstanding any other provision of the treaty, a party of the treaty be taxed as citizens and residents as if the treaty had not come into effect. The savings clause of the treaty, Article 1, Paragraph 4, provides, and I quote, Notwithstanding any provision of this convention except Paragraph 5 of this article, a contracting state may tax its residents as determined under Article 4, residents, and by reason of citizenship, may tax the citizens as if this convention had not come into effect. End of quote. So the exceptions articulated in Article 4, Paragraph 5 of the treaty include Article 17, which is pension, social security, annuities, and child support and Article 18, which is pension schemes. Article 17, Paragraph 1A of the treaty provides, I quote, pensions and other similar remuneration beneficially owned by a resident of a contracting state shall be taxable only in that state, end of quote. Thus, a UK citizen who worked in the UK before retiring in the US is taxable on his or her UK-based defined contribution pension plan, if at all, only by the US. Article 17, paragraph 1b of the treaty provides, notwithstanding subparagraph so a of, of this paragraph, the amount of any such pension or remuneration paid from a pension scheme established in the other contracting state that would be exempt from taxation in that other state, if the beneficial owner or resident thereof shall be exempt from taxation in the first mentioned state. So participants in a UK-based pension plan may, under UK law, receive 25% of their balance in the plan at any at any given time free of UK income tax. Therefore, by virtue of Article 17, Paragraph 1B, that 25% also may be received free of US income tax. Now, this provision is subject to the interpretation beyond, you know, to, subject to interpretation beyond what we're discussing here today. And I actually wrote something on that on our website. So if you go to issue.tax and the UK pension, US tax, then you see we we jumped, we went into a whole lot of detail um that 25%, because that's something people ask about all the time. So anyway, circling back to Treaty Article 17. Now, this provides 1A, pensions and other similar remuneration beneficially owned by resident of contracting state shall be taxable only in that state. Now we move to Treaty Article 18, which continues, 1, where an individual who is a resident of a contracting state is a member of a beneficiary of or participant in a pension scheme established in the other contracting state income earned by the pension scheme may be taxed as income of that individual only when, subject to paragraphs 1 and 2 of Article 17, which is pension, social security, annuities, alimony, and child support, of this convention to the extent that it is paid to or for the benefit of that individual from the pension scheme and not transferred to another pension scheme. Now, to summarize, four points. One, the interest in a UK-based pension of a citizen or resident in the U.S. is subject income tax, if at all, only in the U.S. Two, contributions to a UK-based defined contribution pension plan 
an income accrued in a UK-based pension plan before the participant became a US taxpayer will never be subject to US income tax. Three, income accrued in a UK-based pension plan is subject to UK income tax, if at all, only when it is actually distributed. And four, 25% of the balance in a UK-based defined contribution pension plan at any given point, at any given time, may be distributed free of US income tax. So that's it for today. In the next video, I'm going to talk about information reporting. So if you're a six, seven, or eight-figure investor, entrepreneur, or business owner who needs a tailor-made solution from a qualified team of professionals, we can help you achieve the international lifestyle, the freedom, and even the tax savings you're looking for. Visit us at htj.tax and live that international life.